Gabby Goodman. Uh, okay. Yeah, Rabbi Goodman, come in. You don't have to stay in the uh, antechamber. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out now. Okay, guys, before we start, I just want to welcome some special guests. So some of you know that Gavi Glickman learned here last year. He's now in Mal Dumim on the way, way to the Army. Gavi, when are you going to the Army? Six weeks. And his father, Rabbi Glickman, is a rabbi in Kansas City. We're pleased to have him also. And uh, also, uh, Boaz's parents, my uh, brother and sister are here. That is uh, Mr. Adam Khan, Dr. Adina Khan, and Yardane Khan. Okay, he counts also. Okay, and... Uh, if you have any trouble with your cats and dogs, go to Dr. Adinika. Okay? Right. I guess in Yeshiva, that's not much of an issue. Although last year, that bell used to walk a dog last year, remember? Okay. So we have a good topic today, especially with visiting parents, which is about the parameters of keep it up, Abe. And the guys were very excited because I entitled it Hagvulot Shall Keep It Up, Abe. And so actually translating that as the parameters of keep it up, is not an exact translation. What would be a more precise translation of Hagvulot? The limitations. So guys, they, like, they prefer that title. The limitations of Kibbutz Abe. Okay, but we'll see that a lot of issues are raised. And let's get right down to business. So most of the Kibbutz of Aim sugyas are in Kiddushin, or in our Masechet, right? There's no Masechet about Kibbutz of Aim. So it's always interesting when there's no Masechet, where does it end up appearing? Kibbutz Aim appears in Kiddushin. And the Gemara starts by just defining the two mitzvot, right? There's one mitzvah, Kabbeinah Tavichah Vetimecha, having to do with honor. And it's not a mitzvah, ish, imo, ba'avit, tira'u. And there the verb is yirah. That would seem to do more with reverence or fear, etc. So says the Gemara, Taner an ezu, morav, ezu, kibud. Which is each one? So this is pretty famous. Morav, lo omidim kamo, lo yoshevim kamo, lo soter tverav, lo machria. Okay, we're not going to get into great depth. The one example might be, like your mom and dad have a chair. That's the chair they sit at at the dining room table. So don't sit in their chair unless you get permission, right? That would be having reverence for them. This is dad's chair, this is mom's chair. I don't sit there. Okay, next. Uh, kibud, what's kibud? Right, you take care of their physical needs. They need a drink, they need a, a, some food. That's it. Okay, we're good to go. Okay, Joe K, you could do this in Detroit. Do you scoot around Detroit, like picking up food for your parents? I have a car there. Uh, okay. Oh. Okay. But, but Joe, I think you're cooler on the scooter. Okay. Okay. So in any case, it's fine. But now that I ask the first fundamental question we're going to, we're going to wonder about. Ibai, this is a very interesting question. Michelle me. Where did the funds come from? Rebutum and Michelle Ben, or does Michelle and Michelle Av? Like, let's say your parents, I know in their 70s, or their 80s, they're getting older. You take care of them. You bring them lunch every day. But who pays for that lunch? Now that's an interesting split, meaning do we view keep of A more as work? It's not about financing your parents. It's about putting in the effort, right? Show up and, you know, make them a nice dish, right? That is what it's about. But it's Michel Av, right? The funding would still come from the parental estate. Or you say, no, keep of A is also a monetary responsibility. And you're not only making the food, but 
you're paying for this one. Okay, now obviously you guys could ask me questions we'll get to later. Shouldn't it also be a function of the monetary state of the parents, the monetary state of the children? But at this point, the Gemara is not raising that. It's just saying, do we say Michel Av, in which case it is mostly about work, putting in the time, or is it Michel Ben, and then you're also paying for it. Okay, next. What the Rabbanan teach? Michel Av. So it sounds, again, the Gemara is not explicit, but it sounds like, what would the Psaq be? From that, that Kibbutz Avim is more about the effort and less about the financing. Okay, we're all good so far, guys? Okay, then the Gemara has two questions, but maybe in the interest of time, we're not going to do the questions right now. Okay, let's get down to... Uh, uh, you guys, you're going to love this. Where's a... You're, you're just going to love this. You and Avner. Okay, but we're going to see two toast votes. I'm actually going to do the... If it's okay, guys, I like to you know, build up. So I'm going to save the less fun toast vote for a second. Okay, we'll just do the practical toast vote first. Then we'll get to the really fun toast vote. Okay, here we go, guys. Let's look at the second toast vote. So this is about the Psaq. How do we pass in appearance of the finances? Since that's the conclusion, it seems, that's the lacha. What does he add? I just think it's just obvious. I think it's pretty obvious. Right? Even if you say, Michel Av, that the parents' estate pays for it, when would that obviously not apply? Yeah, what if you have impoverished parents and affluent sons, right? Obviously, at that point, you would not say, oh, but I learned in the Gemara that it's only effort and not paying for it, right? Obviously, at that point, you would say the son should pay. But I guess all things being equal, when both have the financial means, then you're not responsible to pay for it. You're just responsible to take care of them. Okay, need time. Is money not gained from effort? I mean, you want to know what if I'm losing money by putting in the effort? No, no. That's going to come up later. No, no, because no. my effort, I put an effort to get my money, so like, why is it money treated with effort? Isn't, I should finance it also, because that's part of the effort. I work for the money. Wait, you don't think there could be any logical distinction between money and, and effort? I think there can be, but I'm not sure why we have to make it. Well, we, we don't have to make it, but we're confronted by a question, right? Yeah. When, when Niv Leibowitz is making noodles for his parents, right? We want to know who's paying for those noodles. Is that good? Right? It's, it's, it's a practical question, right? Who's paying for the noodles? And all, we also want to know, like, why is making noodles a 50-minute endeavor, not a 20-minute endeavor? Right? There, there, there are a lot of questions that are raised. Okay, anybody else? Yeah, out here. What is the actual distinction? Yeah. I, I think I'm missing the question, but the, the distinction is whether I pay for the cleaning lady or go to the house. Wait, let me ask you guys a question. Maybe I'm missing something. Let's say I decide we, I have a cleaning person who comes once a week. I'm not doing it anymore because I want to save money. Okay, would you two say, well, that's irrational because it's all the same anyway? So apparently it's not the same. But, but why are you guys claiming that the distinction is not there? That there's no distinction there. In terms of this, could you not argue that if you're paying, well, you put in effort for the money, so it's effort for money. 
You put in effort for the money, therefore. You put it's still as if your for your parents through effort just buy the meat. Okay, but even if I get money through effort, at the end of the day, money is still something different than effort and, and time. So at that point, it's still a reasonable halakha question, what's being demanded of me? Okay, yeah. Why? This one about like putting food on a plate, like, there's an obvious distinction here, right? It's like if I'm bringing my parents dinner at the table, it's, it's like an addition. It's not like, do I put an effort or do I pay? It's an additional thing that people are talking about. It's if I'm putting food on my parents' table, do I also have to pay for it? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Correct, correct. It leaves right. It might not be that you're outsourcing at all. It might be that either way, I am bringing mom and dad dinner. But did I? Who? Whose credit card was used when the delivery came? Yeah. Did we find a case where a minor is called someone who did keep it away? Wouldn't that like say clearly that it's the parents that have to pay for it? Because the minor has no money. Okay, but I guess we're asking about later keep it away money. Well, clearly, clearly wants a minor to keep it away without paying. No, maybe, maybe keep it away does involve financial uh, investment also. It's just that the minor is not capable of it. So, what, what can we do? Don't forget, Lee's point is a crucial point. No one's saying it's just money. Right? right? If it's just money, there would be something problematic with keep it away. What would you do? You'd outsource all your keep it away. I'm like, oh, I don't have to talk to my parents ever. I'll just keep writing the checks. I think he's right. The way to think about it is it effort plus money or effort but not bearing the cost. Okay, I think that's the way to think about it. Okay, we're good? Okay, great. Now we're going to get to... So again, what did Tosa do, guys? Tosa says, even if we paskin Michel Av, and it's really effort and not money, obviously if your parents don't have the money, you're expected to help out. Okay, great. Now we get to the greatest Tosas ever. Okay, here we go, guys. We are going to have an inescapable cycle of sock. Are you guys ready to escape the cycle? And we'll see if you guys can escape the cycle. Here we go. Top toast Michelle Ben. Now, you guys know I like when there are clashes in halacha. We're going to do three different clashes. It'll be like a, a tournament, right? It'll be a little college tournament here. Here we go. Lamanda Michelle Ben. If I, now, this is only going to work, guys, if I start with Michelle Ben. So let's say the son is the one who has to provide funds. Here we go. Im nizdamelo kibud of vavedat atzmo vavedat chaviru. Oh, what a case. There are three things vying for your attention. It's a tough day, guys. Three o'clock, then you go outside. What are the three things vying for your attention? Well, Aveda Atzmo, you lost something. You want to find your item. Aveda Chavir, your buddy also lost something. You're trying to figure out what to search first. And your dad's asking you for a drink, right? So it's a tough day. You got three things vying for your attention at the same time. Keep it up, Aveda Atzmo, and Aveda Chavir. What should win? So look what Tosas does, guys. Tosas has, well, what would happen if we had just a... A one-on-one instead of the three, right? Move away from the Mexican standoff, right? Just go to one-on-one. Let's see what would happen in all the uh, one-on-one. I'm just che- checking who, how many people got the reference there. Okay, here we go. You guys, you guys watch Westerns? Okay, what's the most famous Mexican standoff of all time? What? Okay, very good. Okay, here we go. Mike Lerman, you're an educated fellow. Okay. So, Kate said, Yasef. So what should you do? Now let's see what happens in all the one verse one, okay, all the one verse one uh, fights. Im yasok bechvod aviv, halo avedat chaveu kodemet. What does he assume if it's keep it up versus my friend's item? Who would win? The friend. Why? 
Meaning, he has a case where it's like your father tells you not to do mitzvos. If your father told me Chal Shabbos, you wouldn't have to listen. So if your father tells you, don't return your friend's lost item, what's the halacha? You don't have to listen. But let's go a step further. He has to make one more step for this to work. Now, if the father is just saying it arbitrarily, it's not the same case, right? The father is just telling you, don't do good things. Don't do return lost items. What's the case? What does he assume the case is? It's not arbitrary. He's saying, don't return it because... You have to tell me, I need something right now. Because if he was just saying, how do you translate that here, guys? For no reason, good. You wouldn't even need a pasach. Now, once he assumes the case is the father is actually asking for something, so what do we have in our first match, guys, in this tournament? In Aveda Chaveru's Kibadav, who won? Aveda Chaveru won. Okay, I went father away. First match of the tournament, Aveda Chaveru beats Kibadav. Jude will come back to you in one second, okay? Next. Mashman came to Aveda Chaveru, come to Kibadav. Okay. Now let's go to the next match. Next match in the tournament. Your lost item versus your friend's lost item. This is Obviously, halacha has a lot of ethical demands towards other people. But what does it say at the same time? You're allowed to say my most basic responsibility is to myself. It's okay. Right, halacha does say that your first order of business is to make sure your, your own stuff's in order. So you would actually have a halachic right to look for your own lost item before you're looking for your friend's lost item. Okay, we're all good? So in the second match, Avedato beat Avedato Ah, wait, wait, wait. And now the third match. Okay, we'll get to one second, guys. I just want to finish this cycle and then I'll take all the comments. Okay, ah. The Imyasok Bavedato. Hari Kibra of Kodem. What happens in the third match, guys? When Kibrav takes on your lost item, who wins? Ah. Why? Laman de Amar Michel Ben. And that's only true, though? What, what, what do we need to do to set up this uh, problematic cycle, guys? Ah. Because if it's Michel Av, we're telling you, you don't have to lose money for Kibrav Aim. But if it's Michel Ben, we're saying, you do. And if you have to lose money for Kibrav Aim, that would mean. Don't do, don't search for your lost item, rather. Do keep it up. Okay, I see a couple of you read it already appreciate what just happened. But let's go through the whole thing once again, guys. We have three things vying for your attention. We want to know what gets halachic preference. What's the problem? When we isolate all the one on verse one scenarios, right? Everybody's record at the end of the day is one and one, right? So who gets the top seed? Right, we're, this is not a good tournament. We have no idea what to do. And I, I guess there's no parallel to like I know a score differential in this case. Right, you either win or you lose. There's no like you won by 17. Right, so let's just go through it once again, guys. What did we say? We said number one, when you have kibra versus the other guy's item. Well, there was a gemara that said, don't listen to your dad who's telling you, don't return it. So I guess avedas chavero beats kibra. Next. When you have your lost item versus Amidas Chavero, what do the Gemara say very clearly? You're allowed to give preference to your own stuff. So Aveda so beats Amidas Chavero. Okay, but now, if we go to the third case, your stuff versus dad, right? Well, if you say Michelle Ben, 
you're supposed to forfeit money in order to support keep it up, eh? So don't look for your item. So now, since those, what do we do? Every single thing on the list is one and one. Okay, so guys, do you have any comments, questions, or solutions to this dilemma? This is a classic Tosos. Ruben. Yeah, I just, I'm not understanding the logic of the, the first... Um, uh... Okay, so the shoes, Ruben, you're asking a good question because the Gemara got it from a drusha, but didn't really spell out what the logic of it is. What is it, what is it? You can't just say... Um, that Tzibudaba uh, Aim is, is, uh, supersedes um, returning a lost item because, because you, you're, you're not but allowed just to, to be, forego a mitzvah for another mitzvah. But wait, wait, just to be precise, we're saying the opposite there, right? We're saying Avedas Chavero beats Tzibudaba I mean, when your father says, don't return the lost item, we're saying, ignore him and go return the lost item. Okay, I just don't understand why. Okay, so the truth is, you're asking a good question, and we should deal with the rationale. But Toh saying we have a drusha there, and that is the luck of fact, which we have to integrate somehow. Okay, you're raising a good question. Adin. Okay, great. So I wanted to, suppl- to, to explore different ways to get out of this. Yeah, there must be a better term than a cycle. Math guys, give me some term for this, or logic guys. Have any of you a good term for this? What? What do you mean it would never happen in math? You never have... Things like that all hurt each other. There's no paradox in the world of math? Oh my god, it can't be. Look, I admit I'm not a math guy, but I refuse to accept the no paradox in the world of math. If, if there's no paradox in the world of math, Lisa, you should find some other profession. Okay. Hey, Quincy, what do you think it is? It's a vicious cycle or feedback Oh, feedback. Oh, feedback. Oh, feedback loop? Not, not that idea what that means? Okay, here we have a halakhic feedback loop. Okay. Okay, very exciting. Ah, Maurice, what do you think? Recursive? All right. That means to think about it the rest of the day, and you'll tell me at the end of the day what we should call this. What do you mean? Uh, it's like if I have uh, a battery that's in a short circuit, then I have a positive feedback loop because it's constantly charging up the, the, the electricity. Yeah, this also, also is a uh, negative Okay, fine. I, well, more than one thing, guys. If I ask you guys how to escape it, the easiest way, of course, is what Adin just said. What is one way to escape it? Say, oh, that's really interesting theoretically, but since we Paskin Michel Av, that means even in the third case, who would win? You. You. Okay, and therefore, oh, that would be a great test question. Okay, here we go, guys. Don't, don't call it out. This will be on the final. Okay, if we pass in, let's say you have these three things vying for your attention. We are stuck in, what did you call it? A feedback loop. Okay, we're stuck in the recursive feedback loop. Okay, so now, according to our PSAC, not this Tosa, according to our PSAC, which one should win? Very good. Very good, Rafi Snabal. Uh, why would Avedoso win? Because if you pass can Michel Av, what's Avedoso's record? No, no, no. If you pass can Michel Av, Avedoso's record is 2 0. It is clear who won the tournament, right? Because Avedoso would beat Avedos Javero. And if you pass Michel Av, you don't have to lose money. Avedoso would also beat. Would also beat Kibrav. So Adin is right. We could avoid this, but why should we avoid it? It's such an interesting case. So even though it's not the Psak, right, the Psak would avoid this. What if I am in the world of Michel Ben? Moshe Epstein. So I don't, I don't really see the, the question here because it's, it's 
it's different cases. You're saying return your friends off the object or or um, uh, or help your father. But what but, but, but what it really should be is is it your father's lost object or if it's your friend's lost object? And then uh, and, and, uh, and then we can really uh, we can really compare these cases. Wait, let me just, that's very interesting. Let me just think for a second. But since I have the three things that are vying for my attention are my friend's item, my item, and not my father's item, that he wants me to bring him lunch. So don't I have to deal with the cases that are vying for my attention? Well, yeah, I guess so, but then, but then since, since, since everything's one-on-one, I don't, I, I, I don't really see the, uh, the, uh, the question here. Well, again, when I have three things vying for my attention, what am I trying to do? See in the halakhic system what seems to be the preferable value. Right? So isn't one way of doing that seeing what happens in one-on-one clashes? Okay. Alicia. Uh, the way I'm thinking about it is we never have to if your father or mother asks you to do something wrong, the mitzvah keep it up in has gone out the window. So in the first case where the father says, I don't care about your friend's lost object, bring me lunch, the mitzvah keep, it's not like your friend's lost object is beating the mitzvah keep it up in. It's that there is no mitzvah keep it up in anymore. The mitzvah keep it up in is gone. So this, this issue that you have disappears once you recognize that. Because now your friend is not beating Mitzvah Okay, look, it's very, cle- very clever and lovish thing you're saying. I just want to point out that in the three-part clash, it's really the same case, right? No, because... My, my dad's asking me to bring him lunch when I'm also facing this Mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda, right? Isn't it, isn't it your dad is asking you to bring you lunch while you have to find okay. your lost thing? And, no, there's three things, right? Yeah. That's the whole case. There's my lost thing and there's my friend's lost thing. Yeah. So, so in the case of your friend's last thing, it makes sense that you would go and, and, and help your friend because the mitzvah of Kibbutzim is gone because your father's asking you to do something wrong. Ah, I see. It's your last thing, there still is. A You're saying in this case, no, but actually there's an irony here, which is, unless I'm misreading you or make a logical mistake, I'd end up going to my last thing again. Because according to you, once there's Avedas Chavero, Kibbutzim goes poof. If your father asks you to not do Avedas Havero, yeah, keep it Avedas gone. Okay, but isn't Avedas Atzmo still lurking? Avedas Atzmo, is, is, is that like a mitzvah mitzvah? Is that like, if you're Whether it's a mitzvah or not, what, what was clear though? What do I have a right to do? You have, you have a right what to about the case when there was one-on-one Avedas Atzmo versus Avedas Havero? The, the, the Torah says you're allowed to take care of yourself and be your friend. Right, so e- even if you want to neutralize keep it from this scenario, Avedas Atzmo is still lurking there. But Avedis Atmo is only like a rishus given to you from the top. Yeah, but I have a right to, perf- to, do, to do it before, to give it preference over Avedis Kavera. You have a right, but it's not a mitzvah. It's not like a pastor. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Okay, Gubi. Sorry, just from then perspective, there were some sense that so the parent proceeds over the child, the child proceeds over the friend, and the only difference between Pasha and Lacha is that if the father says that for no reason, then I agree with Lisha in the sense that you don't have a view of whatever A, um, but if he deliberately says it, you're foregoing Mitzvah, the Mitzvah is right in front of you, you do, you do not take. So then you, you, you have that cycle, then you have two situations that you should like, determine what situation is, and that's how you go by and deciding what Mitzvah you should do. Okay, I'm not sure I fully got it, but. Does that mean? In the sense of like, the parents in the child and the parents who see over the child, and it, like, it all makes sense, and then you see over the friend, so logically, um, over the, over the okay, so I, I'm just going to try this quickly. One more second. Got to have any quickly. If A beats C, yeah. B, B, A beats B, and B beats C, and C beats A, what do I do here? When I have A, B, and C vying for my attention, what do I do? Um, so um, if the father doesn't give a reason, you can go by the friend because there's no people 
And then if you deliver these tests, then you go by appearance, and then the Mitzvah is right in front of you. Okay, so maybe you're saying this, but uh, there could have been a way that Tosus could have not had the problem. Tosus made an assumption about the first case. Remember that? The Gemara just said, you don't have to listen to Dad. What did Tosus assume? That can't be the case where? Dad is asking you arbitrarily. In much of case where Dad actually won something. But what if I didn't read the Gemara that way? If I read the Gemara only in the case where Dad is asking you arbitrarily, so then what would I conclude? There's actually no case where Kibbutz of Aim really loses. If Dad actually had real needs, then Kibbutz of Aim would actually be 2-0. and oh. So already we have two ways, we'll get to you guys in a second, two ways in theory to escape the issue. If I, as Adin said, if I paskin Michel Av, I escape the issue. Secondly, if I reread that first Gemara to when it's only an arbitrary request, I would again escape the issue. Okay, Zach Magerman. So, this is like a, this is obviously a classic rock, paper, scissors argument. Oh, I should, I should have gone with that. Why, why, how did I forget the rock, paper, scissors analogy? Okay, yeah. There are two simple, I think, pretty simple ways to get out of that side of it. Either you have to say, okay, is rock, what's your chart? None of them are stronger. It's just this shy stuff. It's about, oh, in certain situations, this one takes precedence, in other situations, the other one takes precedence. Or you could say, okay, so these are three situations. And let's look at, like, you're looking only at the individual record. Let's look at the record of them against everything else. Which one, in general, like, it's two and no... Man, you're two. saying we should look at how strong they are vis-a-vis a fourth thing or a fifth thing. Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, no, that's not bad. That's not a bad suggestion. Maybe once we're stuck internally in what's strongest, we have to bring in more data. That, that's a, bad, that's and, a good and, idea. And, and then the other answer... It's not clear where that would go, though. We have, okay. That it's, it's about shyness, and you have to see what would be shy in the case of all three. Right. Uh, we have to go to division head. No, 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 that's like a, first of all, that's like I said, we have a new plan. I'm not calling this the feedback loop anymore, it's the rock, paper, scissors, Tosos, that's clear. Okay, but that's a great answer. Like, what would I do in the, the rock, paper, scissors, the ultimate standoff? Well, you'd have to bring in some fourth thing, which they would all fight against and see what happens. Right, that's, we, we get more information to find out uh, what the strongest is. Okay, Simcha. First case, we're dealing with mamish, you have the item, you have to return it. Whereas in the other case, we're dealing with finding the item. So when you already have the item, you can have a mitzvah, like, this is mamish, a mitzvah, come more, it's like, what's the mitzvah, it's a mitzvah. And the others, where you found the item yet, it's not really the same. Okay, so the truth is, I, I misled you, this is unfair. Simple is absolutely right. At least, either you have it or you at least see it, right? It's not that you're chayav to, you know, search the city looking for your friends. Lost objects. So you're right. All the cases have to be that somehow you're already connected. You're totally right about that. Okay, I'm sorry if I misled you. Gooby, you want to try again? It's just that I think you would, the fact that the father's literally saying to why can't you just do both? The fact that they respect the father and after it's an object. But it seems that the fact that the father seems that he's deliberately saying not to go do something. Look, you're right. There are two different kinds of clashes. I point this out all the time. There's a sequence kind of clash, which I could do it all. The question is, what comes first? And there's an either-or kind of clash. But couldn't you, you, Gooby, you could create a case of an either-or. Like, uh, something's happening, there's urgency of time, and I really have to pick one thing. I don't have the ability to do all three. Okay? All right, we're going to move on. Yes, Ali. Yeah, um, I'm confused because how does Michelle uh, supersede the conflict between 
yourself and your father. I mean, like, that's, the, that's a concept that already exists. Like, okay, your father provides for you dinner or whatever it is. But if your own interests are, are at stake, wouldn't it just be a different case? What do you mean by a different case? Meaning like, it... Like, we have a conflict here. In the case of Michel Av, just seems to be a red hat. It seems to be just something slightly different. Okay, so you know what? Let's see the next question and answer. I think it might be relevant to your point. If not, you'll come back and tell me. Okay, we're Let's speak in one more question and answer. So, guys, I'll have time at the end, I hope. I want to speak in one more really interesting question. Now, what's the assumption so far? If we pass can we show Ben? What's the assumption, guys? Yeah. Keep it right. It demands a lot of time and effort, but it does not demand financial investment. Okay, however, there's a famous story you should all ask me about. What is the most famous Keep It Of Aim story in Shas? Ah, very nice, guys. It's a story about a non-Jewish fellow whose name was Dama Benetina. Very good. And what's the story, guys? Dama Benetina had a precious stone, right, that the, the, that the rabbis needed for the Beit HaMikdash. But even when they came to his house, he didn't want to help them because his father was sleeping on a pillow and the key was under the pillow. So he courageously, heroically did not wake his dad and lost out. According to the Gemara, he was divinely rewarded. What was his divine reward? Paraduma. That a Paraduma was born, which also is a rare item. It's definitely, if you go into selling Paradumas, it's definitely a seller's market, not a buyer's market. Right? So that's how he was rewarded. What's interesting about it, you see how one good deed leads to another. Because when they'll say, we'll pay you anything, what does he say? And you remember? I only want the money you would have given me for our, the stove. Like, I don't want to, like, benefit financially based on what just happened. So he was apparently a very uh, impressive fellow. His stomach bent his teeth. Okay, Sam, you knew that story? From where? Okay, great. Thank you. Okay. Wait, were you at elementary school again? Oh, I'm Jay, right? Okay. All right, here we go. Maybe you're more likely to get in a good yeshiva elementary school. Okay. So in any case, wait, what just emerged there? What's this great model of Kivit Avim? Dabinatina was willing to lose money for Kire. But wait, if we Paskin Michel Av, he actually didn't need to do that. He could have just woken up his dad. That's why it's and, so and ah, so you could say that. You could say it's like Nidus Chasidus. Okay? But let's look at Tosus. Tosus raises the question. Josh? Uh, well, you think every time you wake somebody up, it's, you're violating Yosem Shana? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that just contrarian or that was the real position? Okay, no, we understood that, but uh, when you say it's always a violation of Yosem Shana. Okay, thank you. Okay. See, I, see Avner, you, you are entertaining each year. Don't, don't listen to those little bit about one. Okay, yeah, my, yeah, Mikey. Does, does Michelle Hobb necessarily mean that, like Michelle Hobb and Michelle Beth, does that necessarily have to have an effect on whether or not you give up? Ah, uh, excellent, Mikey. We'll get there right now. Let's go to the Toes of Rush, guys. This is just the greatest ever. After the Toes we just did. Now, again, I want to save the exciting one for a second. So I'm going to go out of order. Okay, again, what's Tosu's question? If we say Michel Av, in theory, Dumbinatina should have just woken up his dad because he hasn't had to lose money for our Kibbutz. Okay, look at the second answer. The ode, Yeshlomar, I'm in the third line. He doesn't have to uh, pay money. What's the second distinction? One question is do I actively give Kavod? 
And the other question is, do I cause tsar? So what's the claim? You don't have to give him money to give your parents covered. But you do have to give money to avoid actively being mitzar them, right? That raises the stakes. Okay, so what's his first distinction? There's a difference between whether they're going to get positive covered or not. Are you bringing them lunch? And are you giving them tsar? Giving them tsar is obviously much more serious. So there you do have to spend money. Okay, guys, I'll take comments in one minute. Let's go to the first answer. The first answer is amazing. It's really what Mikey said, and I'll try to explain to you why it's really amazing. What's true in this Dhamma case? He's not losing. What's revach? Profit. Very good, Joshua. What's the claim, guys? There's a difference between losing money and not making money. Well, well, you want to, oh, okay, I apologize to Quincy. Quincy, I thought you had a question. I thought you were going to give the answer. Okay, guys, we all know Quincy's an honest guy. That was going to be his answer. So we're going to call it Quincy's answer for now on, okay? Excellent. Okay, so Quincy says we could differentiate between giving the profit and taking the loss. And let me explain to you why I think that's really interesting before we move on. Someone could argue, all the economists in the room could get excited, and say, logically, there's no difference. Okay, if I look at my balance sheet at the end of the year, there's no difference between passing up a five, losing a $500 gain and having to spend $500. Do you agree? On the balance sheet at the end of the year? Okay, but if you've read Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow, okay, you will discover the following. That whether that's true economically or not, it's not true psychologically. That they did a lot of experiments when people are asked to play the odds, they relate totally differently to losing and to not gaining. Meaning they're willing to take much more risks when it comes to gain. Okay, you could call it risk aversion or loss aversion. They're not willing to take so many risks when it comes to losing, even if it's the same financially. So I wanted to suggest when I first read the Tosos, well, not the first time because I didn't know Kahneman. The first time I read the Tosos, I haven't read Kahneman, that Tosos is onto this. That even if it's economically the same, it is not psychologically the same. And therefore we could ask you to pass up profit for Kibbeim and still not ask you to take a loss for Kibbeim. Now before comments, guys, here's the most exciting part. Okay, as you guys know, I like to write to famous people if I have an idea that's relevant to them. And you can get everybody's email online these days. So I actually wrote to Professor Kahneman and said, he's Jewish, of course, Kahneman. I said, I think I have two Talmudic examples of your principle. And he wrote back that he agreed with me. He said, that is correct. Okay, so this is the only time in my life I've gotten a uh, you know, check from a Nobel Prize winner. Right, that uh, he thinks this toast is a good example of the loss aversion principle. All right, Noam Carter. How do you know the dad isn't, what, if the son's okay financially, why, why can't the dad be okay with him losing? Could it just hit your supporting father? We're in a world where you're supporting your father. It doesn't make sense for the father to want you. Look, no, I mean, it could be you have, thank God, like the healthiest relationship with parents in the history of Am Israel, but there are parents who make a lot of demands on kids, and some of those demands might be financial also. Even if the kid they're supporting them financially? Yes. Okay. Just not smart. 
Okay. That might be true, but it doesn't change the reality. Okay, Jim. How are we defining the shelf end? Because it seems in the first example we gave, when like you buy dinner, it seems like the money being lost is incorporated in the action, as opposed to when you're losing money, it's just you're losing money because you gave out, but it's not actually like enhancing the given out, it's just you're losing money because you gave up on it, as opposed to the first one where you're actually using the money to Oh, that's interesting. Okay. You're right, I and mean, maybe some of you make that distinction. I admit Toasters is not making that distinction, right? Well, it seems like it could be a different case. He wants to say there's a difference between when the money directly services the keep it up. I paid for lunch, and I lose money because I'm doing keep it up, but it's not that the money is directly related. It's almost like tangentially. Because I'm doing keep it up, therefore, I suffer some kind of financial loss. Okay? Uh, yeah, Tani. Um, it's not entirely clear from the story that the stone belongs to the sun. And therefore, the sun wouldn't be losing money by not on his You think the stone belongs to dad? I, just, I don't know. It's not clear. Um, well, except for one thing. Tani's course is a very close reader, which is great. What about the last line of the story? Any vacation become Ella? Oto mamon chef sadity. What do you think? Is, it, is that it? Yeah. All right. Not only is he a good reader, but he's intellectually honest. Way to go. Okay. By the way, Jaden, you realize now that these discussions, they're more fun than TikTok. Very exciting, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Ruben. Um, at what point does the request of the father, um, either in urgency or in content, um, override the Hashamas Havero? Um, and also, like, would, would you be able to say, like, that you'd be willing to do something for your father, even though, you know, it says Hashavah's um, uh, Havero um, would, would override for the sake of your relationship with your father, like, knowing that it might might ruin it. Like, let's say my dad is he's on the phone with me, yelling at me to get some, he's like, I need milk right now from the supermarket. <laughs> and I'm just like, but I'm in the middle of finding my friend's, uh, I don't know, Xbox. And it just, and so like, I, even though, like, I, it's going to tell me, like, I can go find my friend's Xbox, like, I'm not going to not listen to my dad who's yelling at me to get milk. Okay. It could that, that, it, it's a fair point, but actually, I'm going to apologize to you guys, because I know there's a lot of interesting discussion. We've done two really interesting questions. I just want to sneak the third one in. So let's just sneak the third one in, and then you can come over to me afterward. Okay, what are the two things we've discussed so far? We had the rock, paper, scissors toast us. That was one interesting question. And we had the Dumba Venetina counter example, and possibly a Talmudic example of loss aversion. Okay, I'm sorry. We've got to get to the third one, guys. The Marik is Rabbi Yosef Cologne. He was an Italian uh, rabbinic writer from the 1600s. And he has the most famous chew on the following question. Okay, both a very important question for you. Right, do you have to listen to your parents when it comes to marriage choice? Okay, okay here we go, guys. So we, we got we to sneak this in. Okay, okay, before anyone gets all nervous, don't worry, guys, the answer is going to be no. Okay, okay, so that's it. Now that the tension's over, we can look at the source. Okay, so let's see what the Merrick says. Vasernis tapakta, you're in doubt. Im yesh koach av. Does the father have the power? Limchot biad beno, to protest his son. Lisa Isha Asher to marry the woman that he would let him marry. Okay, so he says now there's a very misleading line here. I didn't understand this line for years. Lanios daiti imhi Isha if she's a woman that is appropriate for him, ain't koch Then the father has no ability 
Now, if you t- mistranslate that line, it undermines the whole tshuva, because obviously what's dad going to say every time? This is not appropriate. <laughs> Except if you learn the third parak of Kiddushin, you'll discover the phrase Isha Hogenelo just means a woman who is halakhali permissible to him. Okay, so he's not saying the father can't say she's inappropriate. What's the one thing the father could say? You can't marry her, she's you know, your aunt, or whatever the case may be. Okay, great. Next. Okay, so he says the father does not have the ability. But why? And he gives three answers. They're all very interesting. One is connected to what we've said so far. Chada, first of all. Dafilu le'inyan mamon. Odele Rabbanu Yerubi Kamandar Mishel Av. Vechein pasko koposke alachot. Asheriti koshkein hacha. He has a kalvachomer. What do we say is the psaak in regarding money? You have to put a lot of effort into taking your parents, but not, not money. Again, assume your parents have money. What is this reason? Well, if you don't have to give up money, you certainly don't have to give up the woman of your dreams. Right? So a nice thing about this Kava Homer is it turns out a good spouse choice is worth a lot more than money. Right? That, okay. Oh, it's the greatest Kava Homer. Okay? So if we pass in Michel Av, so of course, of course you don't have to give up your choice of spouse. That's the first one. I'm doing the second. Let me just at least get the second argument in. The second one is really creative. Okay? You see what it says about Ode on the fifth line? This is really a creative argument. What do we say before? Your parents have a lot of rights, but they can't tell you to violate Torah principles. Now, why in the world would this be? What's he going to claim, basically? If your parents tell you not to marry the woman you love, it's like a violation of. Now, why is that? So here we go. Ah, so he says, uh, where am I? Uh, many of you saw this in Kedushin, right? What if we see there are a lot of rabbinic rulings and enactments, and what's their goal? That the husband and wife should love each other, should have genuine affection for each other. So it sounds like we want a husband and wife to love each other. That is the realization of the Aphelarecha Kamocha. And therefore, if your parents are forcing you away from the spouse that you love, it's as it were, they're telling you to violate the law. And I admit, guys, this is not an easy argument at all, but I find it a fascinating argument. It also, I also want to point something out. I, every once in a while, I, I, I get a real cynic. And the cynic says, oh, romantic love is just a modern notion. In the old days, it was just this economic arrangement. They didn't care whether you actually liked each other. Okay? It's just not true. Okay? I'm not saying nothing's changed, but the Gemara is very adamant about there being a loving relationship between husband and wife. They didn't think, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just an economic arrangement. Okay? So in any case, the Marik argues that you don't have to listen. We have seen two reasons. Now I'll take a few closing comments. Ari Berman. So are you? I think I'm going to convert your point into you're even strengthening my argument. What does this seem to assume that you just can't easily transfer? Right, you know what this is? This is again the there are many. This is an argument against there are many fish in the sea. 
Okay, okay. We, we, we had a very interesting shirt today. We got the rock, paper, scissors, Tosos. We got the Daniel Kahneman, Tosos Rush. And now we have the Marik that does not believe in there are many fish in the sea. Right? No, you want X and you're in love with X. It's not just the same if you went to Y. Okay? Yeah. Okay, except for one thing. Okay, there is a very interesting question. Josh Milstein's referring to the rule that Tadir Vishenu, Tadir Tadir Kodem. When something's more frequent, it comes first. So, Josh, that's obviously true in sequence questions. It's not obvious that that's true in either or questions. Yeah, this is definitely this, sequence, though, No, the toast was the toast rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a sequence. I thought that was an either or. Oh, that's interesting. Could you? You know, just I'm not trying to prove. What do you guys think? What's more logical, toast is sequence or either or? Yeah. Well, let's hear what. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I'm with I'm with uh, Aaron. I think it has to be either or here, not sequence. Yeah, Sally Lerman. I would argue that this isn't just a singular case of marriage. I would say that it has a general consequences for your relationship with your parents in general. Absolutely. This, um, prioritizing your well-being and happiness over obvious monetary implications. Meaning, like, if you have if Wait, wait. You're talking about the Marik now? Or, or, or the Tosos? The, the marriage. No, but what... The, look, you're right totally, but why is the, why is the monetary theme relevant in Marik? Let's, let's say the second argument. The second argument has nothing to do with money, right? Loss or, I mean, or loss or gain. I don't know. I'm just, for much of this class, we're talking about money. No, I understand. Uh, and some of the Marx conversation has monetary implications. I'm just saying it's not all about money, right? Some of the argument could be divorce the money question from the equation. Okay? Okay, Quincy, last, last comment of the day. Let's go. Oh, that's a great point. Okay, what do you see here, guys? Okay, those of us who have universal thinkers should like this. Even if Kibbutz Aim is not on the list of the Noahide laws, what does the Gemara clearly assume? It is a great thing for non-Jews to do. So just because a given value is not on the list of Noahide laws does not mean we don't value non-Jews doing it. What? Ah, except for one thing. Okay, last I, uh, point here, guys. What was the first line of the Quran Kedushin? Look at the first line in source four, guys. <laughs> Meaning, why did they bring in the Dhamma Benetina story? <laughs> to show how Kedushin should work. So it's held up as a model. It's not just, oh, there's this maverick thing that Ananju from Ashkelon did. All right, everybody should have a great job, guys.